Do you ever feel overlooked or underestimated by others? Today we're talking about how to use this to your advantage and go for the extra credit on this episode of Coffee with Tea. So please stick around and enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I am your host, Tanya Tyler, and I'm excited because we're going to be talking about going for the extra credit and giving back to your community. And so I want to welcome our guest today, Miss Tina Saxon. So Miss Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tanya. So glad to be here. It's a pleasure to finally talk to you. I've heard nothing but amazing things that you're doing. And, and so uh, I really like to me, I always want to know like what people are are doing, who they are. So I'm going to turn over the, this this floor for you to explain a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe you know tell a little bit about how you're handling this whole COVID reopening. So the floor is yours, my friend. Um, I'm Tina Saxon. I currently live in Michigan. Uh, I am an attorney by day. <laughs> On the weekends, I do IT work. Uh, it covers the insurance. I have my own practice as an attorney, so that's why I need the insurance. Um, COVID reopening. I really, I was distraught about COVID and the effect it was having across the country, well, around the world, people losing their lives over something no one saw coming, really. <clears throat> um, but I tend to find a silver lining and my silver lining was in the shutdown. I got to work from home and um, just slow, everything's slowing down. And I think we as a world needed that time to just stop and really reevaluate life. So with the reopening, um, I'm continuing to work remotely uh, about 93% of the time. but it's also made me more cognizant of how valuable relationships are. And so with that in mind, I make the phone calls when I think about the phone calls to the friend or the family, um, or at least send a text right then and say, oh, I will call them later. Because as we've seen with COVID, later may never call. So um, that's where I am today. Well, like I said, it's, it's a pleasure to finally connect with you because I, I had a mutual friend. She spoke so highly about everything that you're doing and, and how you're, um, you know, making a change in this world. And so, I, you know, before we really dive into it, we talked about when we, we do our pre-calls, you tell a little bit about your backstory and stuff like that. And you've always we, we named this go for the extra credit. And, and that's because you've always been the one who goes for the extra credit. And so how how has that been? How did that come about for you? I mean, you, that's like going above and beyond. So what, what made you feel like, you know, just take that extra step? What, what was the thing that led for you? And how did that, you know, help you as you grew up? I think it started, I'm the youngest of six children. Um, I, two, the first and third did not survive. Um, so I grew up with three older brothers. And my father was in the military and my mother um, 
type A personality and she was an achiever. So, and I went to private school and Catholic school from the get go. So that's where that came from. <laughs> you dotted every I, crossed every T. I knew how to make a, a military approved bed by the time I was five. You know, that quarter had to bounce. And we were just taught excellence. At literally at a young age, I remember probably by four hearing I was going to college, college is already paid for. And I started um, kindergarten at four because I guess I got on my parents' nerves. So they said I had to get out the house. <laughs> so they found a private school that had kindergarten all day. It was like, go, be you. <laughs> And I remember my teacher, Mrs. DeFala, um, even in kindergarten, and if she saw interest in something, she really nurtured it in all of us. Um, and again, Catholic school, you're expected to do what God would do. <laughs> Go back to my darn near perfect. And so that, that was the genesis of it. And of course, it took root. And that's all I knew. And, um, and then being uh, Black in a predominantly white neighborhood, and definitely I was the only Black in my elementary school grades for my first five years. So <clears throat> um, the expectation at home was you go to school, you do your work, you're a serious student, that is your job. And you don't put on a show, um, you don't shuffle. So um, and you'd be respectful to teachers. And uh, my family valued teachers very highly. So uh, that discipline just carried on. That's all I knew. And it was well-respected. It was well-received by teachers. They wanted to do extra because it was like, um, as one teacher said, you're fertile ground. So um, helping other kids to read, being uh, the teacher's helper, AKA teacher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, extra privileges, but having more mature conversations because I was a mature kid. Um, so they set my sights early on discipline and achieving goals, setting goals and achieving the goals. Right. So I, I know you said you're like the youngest of six, right? So, yeah. I mean, I know you had high expectations not only at home but they set the high expectations at school so it's like did you feel pressured all the time or or is this something that you just felt comfortable with I mean you know like for kids who are dealing with that do you feel did you feel like you were pressured to be you know an excellent achiever or or did you just like roll with it <laughs> you know what I'm saying it you know there's so many ways you can look at it yeah, it wasn't until I got older, probably 10 or 11, when I was going to more kids' house, other kids' house, and saw how they acted. And some of those kids were, today, I would call them raving maniacs, <laughs> because they talked back to their parents and said no <laughs> without hesitation. And so that didn't work in my household. So I'm like, what do you you can say that to your parents. So of course I went home to try it. <laughs> That's when I felt pressure <laughs> to be perfect or darn near perfect. Um, because as my mom said, go live with them. <laughs> and what, 
<laughs> with Marsha Brady does doesn't happen here. <laughs> she really said that. So um, that's when I started feeling pressure. Prior to that, that's all I knew. And I thought that's what everyone, that's how all kids grew up. So, um, yeah, the pressure to, and in school, I wanted to excel because of being the only Black. And it was quite a, um, kind of like what we're seeing today with the racism today and where I lived. Um, it was prevalent there, you know, oh, Tina's Black, so she knows all about slavery. It's like, my family came from New York and South Carolina. What are you talking about? So I wanted to excel to just dispel that notion that um, I couldn't achieve anything or um, my, the expectation or the bar was set so low because I was black. So I had to, as my parents said, you have to go above that bar and then above their head. You just have to. And I was very comfortable with that. And I still am comfortable with that. I can see that. I, I, it's like you have this, this um, silent strength. I, I, I see it's like this, you know, don't fool with me. You you know, you th- you think you know me, but you don't know who you mess with. <laughs> is that, is that like, <laughs> you know, and I, and I can relate to your story because I grew up in Connecticut and I was the only black uh, child in my, my elementary school for a long time. So I can relate a lot to, because like I said, there's just certain things that, you know, they, I guess their expectations were like, well, she's, she's not like the other kids or, you know, she's, you know, and so I was like, you had that, I, I can understand you had that pressure to, to outperform because you have to, yeah, you yeah. have to. Yeah. And A plus was required and A wasn't good enough. And, and then yeah, I had to deal with teachers assuming I cheated sometimes to get an A. I remember in 10th grade, a biology teacher accused me of cheating because I got an A on an exam. And the person he accused me of cheating of, cheating off of was in the bottom of the class. I'm like, does that even make sense to you? I mean, if you're gonna accuse me, pick that person. I'm gonna cheat off of her. She got a D. I found the one right answer on her page. Come on. <laughs> but he was just so determined to um, label me as a cheater because it's like, oh, how could you um, get an A in my class? You're not as complex as you think. Right. So I like I said, I love I love talking to you because like I said we can relate and you're you're like I, said, I admire you just just for the fact that you, you know, you're for you a powerful woman. And you know, and, and you carry this um or like I'm smooth. I don't have to show, but I can I can pull it out if I have to, right? So oh. I wanna say if you're picking up what uh, Tina's been dropping down those juicy gems, please give us a thumbs up. You know, maybe leave a comment below because like I said, this woman has 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 got some power behind her and she's just getting started. So Miss Tina, how does you know when you're talking about moving forward, because now like I said, you're you, you're a criminal defense attorney, correct? Yes. I'm getting sure. So you you really, you know, you set the bar high for you know uh, for yourself and for others who, who deal with you. So how did that really? Um, I know we talked about you know you had to you know A wasn't good enough, so you had to go with the A plus. But how does that passion take you from your IT business to being the, the attorney that you are? How did that 
transition happen? And what made you say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to just go for it? What, what made that come alive for you? I knew as a child I was going to go into law or medicine because my mother had a, a nursing scholarship. She's a valedictorian, um, so she had a scholarship for nursing school. And my father was going to law school, uh, but then the baby came, <laughs> and then tra- tragedy happened, and they both um, stopped pursuing their dream. But we had the books in the house. We had the law books and the medical books. Uh, so, and I was passionate. We watched documentaries. We read National Geographic. So I knew I was going to go one of those two veins. So fast forward to uh, completing undergrad and I got a job offer working in customer service slash IT. That was supposed to be five years max. I was just going to save up money for law school. 20 years later, (laughs) I'm still in the field, but in uh, 2009, I decided to go ahead and fulfill my dream and go to law school. So it was always there. Uh, And having that IT background helps in the legal field. It touches everything we're in in day-to-day life, but even in the legal field. So that's how that transition happened. It took a while longer than planned, but uh, it was always there. So for, um, I know, like for those Young women out there, I, I want to speak to to the young black women specifically because you know we're two two sisters here. And what would your advice be for uh, a young woman who's trying to figure out, you know, where do I need to go? What would some of your, you know, maybe three three gems that you would like to leave with her, based off of you know the experience that you've had to where you are today? What would be maybe some advice you'd like to leave? woman who um, might come across this video and say, I, I, I need to, to step up my game. What would you say? I would say, I'm going to have a moment of transparency here. So while I mentioned having two parents in private school, that wasn't my entire life. Uh, after the tragedy, my parents losing two kids, um, my mother was alcoholic and became very severe. My parents split up. I wound up in a group home. Well, first I was homeless for a while. And I still went to school because my parents did teach from an early age. School is the key to unlocking any door. I don't care what happens. You go to school, you get your education. They also taught me how to handle money. My brothers and I, you know, we didn't get an allowance. So when we did get money, we had to figure out what to do with it, how to make it last. So they gave me everything I needed before tragedy struck. And um, that was... Uh, the beginning of my eighth grade year. So I was on my own and yet I still went to school. Um, And then I wound up in foster care for a year. Then I went to live with relatives in another state. So I say this to say, uh, be serious about school and being popular is not the key to everything. Get with the people who are going to support you to get you to where you need to be. Um, fortunately, I had a few friends, but their fam- their parents always appreciated me. So I could sleep over their home, at their home. I could, um, they would give me advice. When I got into high school, I took advantage of every opportunity. I played sports from fifth grade through 10th grade. So I had coaches that would, um, 
give me advice and guidance. And I joined every organization I could that was remotely uh, akin to what I might be interested in. So alcohol and drug abuse program, prevention programs, um, peer counseling programs. I was always helping people because my parents also did that. They modeled it. And so I followed that. And with that came scholarships. Um, So be serious about the people you hang with because they're gonna be part of your network when you get older. I'm still friends with a girl that I lived with from seventh grade on. Uh, And she's a vice president of nursing, you know, big shot. And we talk to each other professionally. So be serious about the education. It is not a joke when you're young and, but have fun, you know, make sure you laugh every day and think ahead, at least five years ahead. <clears throat> think further and don't be discouraged. I got knocked around so many times, you know, I got called a cheater, I, you know, called, I was called dumb to my face by educators, use that as fuel. I mean, the, even today, the moment someone underestimates me or um, you know, says I'm not a threat, something in me just stirs up and all of a sudden, as I tell my friends, go be brilliant today. You know, my dad would say, go get that A when he would drop me off at school. Today, my say is go be brilliant. So that's what you have to do. So be brilliant every day. I like that. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, us doing our thing. I guess, yeah. like I said, I'm, you, you inspire me. You just inspire me. <laughs> so uh, we're down to the last few minutes. And I just wanted to, like, where can people find more information about you, your services, and, and what you do? I am really lacking in social media right now because I'm so busy working. Um, I have a practice, Saxon Law, PLC. Uh, you can email me. I'm working on the website. Eventually, it'll get posted. Um I'm pretty shy. So this whole podcast thing and then putting my business out there is new to me, to tell you the truth. So it's coming along. Uh, my email address is tmsaxonesq uh, at gmail.com or tina at saxonlawplc.com. That's the first step to branding myself. Uh, that's it. I don't have instagram <laughs> well i like check said, my facebook <laughs> <laughs> well thank you miss tina for for like I said dropping the the gems that you had left with with today and i think like I said um it's, it's amazing it's to, to watch you grow um from the little time that i've seen you and thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insight with us oh thank you you're an inspiration Tanya. i would not have done this for probably only one other person maybe could have got me to do this, but you're really inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to remind everybody who tuned in that please leave us feedback. Feedback is always welcome. Remember, the links that Tina had mentioned will be posted down in the description box below. So please make sure you check it out down there. And if you enjoyed what Tina dropped today and you continue everything that uh, and maybe can resonate with something that we have, give us a like. Give us a comment, smash that like button. And then remember, if you want to get more of the insights that everybody's sharing, especially like what Tina shared today, please remember to hit that subscribe button over there. And remember, 
take things in stride, go with the flow and create your own path. And remember, uh, we'll be back here another time. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Coffee with Tea. All right. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. This is Tanya again, popping in to say thank you for listening to today's show. Coffee with Tea interviews are always free. And if you're enjoying the wisdom and insights that are being shared, please stay and grow with us and show your financial support. You can buy us coffee or become a monthly supporter. Links are posted in the description box. And again, I wanted to personally say thank you for tuning in.